How would you describe government these days? Chaotic? Partisan? Dysfunctional? But it doesn't have to be that way. I know because I'm Bob Wirtz and I've been running the Office of the Commissioner of the Revenue for 20 years with a different approach. No scandal, no dysfunction, just results. Focused on service and getting the job done right. Qualifications and experience matter. Vote for Bob Wirtz for Commissioner of the Revenue. Let's maintain that part of our government that's working, drama-free. Paid for by friends of Bob Wirtz. Testing, testing. Yeah, I'm really good. Do I sound all right? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> Give me a thumbs up if you're so turned on right now. My brother, he, uh, uh, he'll, he'll say on the phone, he'll go, Homo, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> but, to, but to everybody. Like, yeah. not, like... <laughs> He's not just attacking you. No, He's like no. literally to everyone. To everyone, yeah. Everyone's a homo. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, they really are. It's really funny. It's funny. We make fun of him. He's a gold star gay, and we make fun of him because... What's this, a gold star gay? Gold star gay means that the only vagina that you've been in contact with was your mom's on your way out. And then, like, if I guess if you were, like, um, C-section or something, mm-hmm. then you'd be, like, a platinum gay. <laughs> Because then you really... We're ready whenever you are. Sorry. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Sauce with Kenzie Taylor. Today, I have a very special guest. We'll, we'll see how special. <laughs> yes, yeah, so special. Please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson. Mm. You the first and the last name. Yeah. It's very official. It is so official. We were actually just discussing gold star gays. I didn't yes. know what that was. Yeah, so. I was. Uh, so my brother's a gold star gay, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, at least our definition of gold star gay is when you've only come in contact with one vagina your whole life. And mm-hmm. so in his case, the only vagina was our mom's mm-hmm. at birth, <laughs> and uh, so that makes him a gold star gay. Yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. And then you said if it's a C-section, it's platinum. Gay. Platinum status. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so what happens if because this is funny. I actually took the virginity of a gay man's for the vagina side of things. And he, I mean, he was only, he did it for like a minute. And he was like, oh, it can stop. But what does that consider as like? So he is probably still gold. Well, actually, no, because that would be two, right? It'd be his mom's and then mm-hmm. now yours. Mm-hmm. I felt so special. I was we, honored. But do we need to like invent a term now? I kind of think so. Is he like, let's see, if we had platinum gold, would he be like silver? Mm, yeah i like silver better than bronze you know what's kind of fucked up about this though maybe rose gold rose <laughs> oh this sounds so fancy rose gold. that actually and <laughs> i think the gay community would really love that i think so too rose what do you gold. guys think let us know in the comments <laughs> below <laughs> uh so if um just in case you're wondering the camera right there is for everybody on youtube so you can wave hello look at them wink at them i shaved did Blow my hair kiss. i'm ready Oh, you did? Yeah. That's why you on, smell so good. put on a fancy t-shirt. I know. I'm a, I'm a slave for you. I love it. Yeah. Loves it. I really went all out yeah. for, the, for the visual aspect of this podcast. <laughs> it's funny, though. Just so everyone knows, uh, Nick came in with a rolling suitcase, and I, I, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, uh. <laughs> and what did you say to me? I looked her dead in the eyes, and I said, I brought 10 outfits because I didn't know what you want me to wear. <laughs> totally kidding totally <laughs> yeah. I'm like oh god yeah. yeah so it's very casual in here as you can see yeah. I mean mm. yeah this is really warm and inviting right I'm not gonna lie I was a little I wouldn't say scared because I was excited but I mm-hmm. was uh, intimidated 
Oh, really? Well, just because I had never been a guest on a podcast, mm-hmm. never even been on the podcast set. Mm-hmm. So I really had nothing to expect. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I work in television, so I'm used to like sets and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you're used to like behind the scenes. Yeah. But, you know, like when you do work behind the scenes, you know, like, OK, there's PAs, there's this, there's that, there's this. And so I don't know if I'd be walking into something that chaotic also, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Why don't we talk about that a little bit? Tell everyone like what exactly you do and like a little bit about it. It's pretty interesting. Oh, thanks. Um, I work as a television producer um, right now, the majority of which has been like reality TV. Yeah. Which is that shit fucking crazy. Tell us some of the shows um, that you've recently done. Um, I just finished a show for Netflix called Ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Um, Variety just dropped an article saying that season one should be released um, by summer. Mm-hmm. And then season two, uh, I think we're hoping for fall. Mm. Yeah. So that was really fun. It was my second show for Netflix. I did a show for Netflix called um, Canine Intervention, which was all about training dogs, mm-hmm. which was really cool and really fun. Um, showcased a dog trainer out of the Oakland area uh, who became famous because he has a lot of celebrity clients, um, Kevin Hart. Um, Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. um, so people like that, and it really made him famous. But he has a really cool style of training dogs, and so the whole show followed him. And um, each week, he would meet a family or a person who had a, a dog that was really in trouble, mm-hmm. and then he would spend time with the owner and with the dog, train them, stuff like that. Oh, so, that's really great! I love that. I, I'm such a dog person. That w- so I've never owned a dog. But really, I, but, I, but I, I love dogs. I have two, so I think I've told you before, but I have. A Frenchie who is a male, his name is Benny. His full name is Benjamin Buttons. Amazing. Um, he it just turned five years old. That's my pride and joy. I'm, I literally love that dog so much. Uh. And then I just got a new puppy, another Frenchie. It's a girl, and her name is Frankie after Aww. Frank Sinatra. So, nice. Yeah. But, who, who gets more attention, ooh. the dogs or the husband? Um... Be, be honest. Yeah, probably my dogs. Because <laughs> my husband's like hardly home. So, <laughs> And if he is home, he's just like, oh, I'm tired. Because uh. he does like really long projects now because he started directing and nice. he's an associate producer for Wicked Pictures. So awesome. it's been crazy. <laughs> That's got to be cool because Wicked's been around like forever. I know, right? I'm hoping... Um, I'm hoping one day Axel Braun will name me as a contract girl, but <coughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always asks me, they're like, are you contracted to Wicked? I'm like, no, I would love to be though. <laughs> you would have someone on the inside too, I would imagine that would kind of help make sure that um, everything that you're a part of, and not just you, but everything that everyone's a part of is done on a certain level, right? Mm-hmm. Because, because being married, I'm sure like if you come home and you vent about something that happened on set, mm-hmm. it's in his ear. So then later on when he's in charge of sets, he can make sure that those things don't repeat, right? Yeah, it's 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 like a 50-50 though. There's sometimes where it's like you vent about something and it's like, oh, why'd you tell me this? You know what I mean? Or yeah. like, oh, I don't want to know this about whatever happened. Or, I don't know. Like yeah. so there's certain things, it's, it's just weird. But for the most part, it's really beneficial to like, I don't know, helping one another as far as trying to change things, I guess, per se. Because yeah. a lot of things are really weird with all of the um, people being offended by literally everything. everything. Yes. How is that in your business and mainstream? Like, uh, what is the difference, I guess, between 
porn and mainstream other than obviously the fact that we have sex on camera. Um, but Wait, what? We, yeah, yeah, uh, excuse me? <laughs> what did I sign up for? Yeah, I'm leaving <laughs> immediately. Mom, turn this off now. <laughs> but what is yeah. the difference um, uh, on, on your side of things, I guess? Um, well, so I would say spe specifically in regards like people being offended and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, and again, speaking about reality, mm -hmm. per se, um, you know, you're, you're, you're filming everyday people and you're encouraging them to be their everyday selves. Mm -hmm. And with that comes they're them making jokes or saying what's off the top of their head and things like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, which, which you want. And a lot of times in the moment, because you're there and you're filming it, you, you see what the intent is. You see that no harm was meant by the statement or something like that. So for you, you're like, okay, this is good. And, and you keep rolling and everything like that. But then sometimes a week or two later, you get an email from the network mm. or from the showrunner that's like, whoa, you mm -hmm. know, why did you let why did you let this person say that? Or we're definitely cutting this out because we're worried. And mm -hmm. that's to me what's most interesting is that it's it's so preemptive. It's like we're worried that it might, you know, not even giving it a chance sometimes. Yeah. And trusting that audiences um, will be understanding. We'll be understanding. We'll be yeah. smart enough to understand <laughs> um, one of the dating shows that I did. Um, so these two people were dating. One was black and one was white. And mm -hmm. they got to meet each other's parents. Mm -hmm. And uh the white parents, they were talking about food, and the white mom said something so innocent and so cute. She turned to the um, the suitor, the black lady, and said, "You know, like, well, when you know, like, you know, like, she loves she loves fried chicken, and so when she's eating fried chicken, she makes a mess. And the whole point of the statement was to was to characterize how messy of an eater her yeah. daughter was. Yeah, and everybody on the set was like." that white mom just look at the black girl and bring up fried chicken and i was oh like gosh. she sure did but you know what black people do like fried chicken so <laughs> it's okay <laughs> i mean i love fried chicken that's too, what i'm so saying let's yeah. go get fried chicken yeah so yeah but i see you're saying but yeah it's stuff like that that people will will react and um it's, be, be over be it's, over cautious sometimes it's got to be stressful though because it's just always in the back of your mind right because i know it's always in the back of my mind yeah. at work i'm like okay like just make sure you say everything correctly, especially now, you know, people have different pronouns. Yes. And um, a lot of people that are they, them, mm -hmm. um, if you address them incorrectly, they get extremely upset. Yes. And I never mean to do that. Yes. It's just a, it's an adjustment. Yeah. And um, I, you know, you, it's interesting you brought that up because I, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And it gets so frustrating because I know you and you know me. Mm -hmm. And even as you said, like, I, we're both the type of person who will respect and love and appreciate whatever someone wants to be mm -hmm. um, called, I, however they identify and things like that. Mm -hmm. But there is an adjustment period. And I find it really frustrating mm -hmm. when people snap back at you for making mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wish that people would understand sometimes that they've been living with mm -hmm. that, whatever mm -hmm. that is, mm -hmm. um, even sexual identity, you know, mm -hmm. they, they've been living with it um, through all the ups and downs. So it's very personal. It's mm -hmm. something that's part of their DNA. Mm -hmm. But when you've met someone, even if it's the third time meeting someone, it's still something that you are mm -hmm. learning and adjusting. Mm -hmm. So the concept of, of using a pronoun they, them, that may not be new to you, the concept of using it remembering to use it with that individual person mm -hmm. can be new mm -hmm. and uh it's it's really i think it, it it does harm when you're attacked so much you know because then, yeah. then for for some people it can start to put a bad taste 
in your in your in your mouth too about the situation and about the dynamic. And, yeah, and that's definitely not the goal of anybody, right? You know, no, I, I get, I'm not gonna lie, I get a little bit of anxiety, and I'm like just thinking, like, oh, make sure I say everything yeah. right. But I mean, whatever. Are I you just, good with names in general? Ah, uh, I'm pretty good with names, yes, but I'm, I, I would say I'm a lot better with faces. So I am horrible with names. Okay. Really, really bad with names, and so it, it gives me like even more pause in things because mm. like it, they're so related, you know, mm -hmm. to me. So it's like if I'm having a hard time, that's just a personal thing. Me, I'm yeah. bad with names. Yeah. So if I'm already having a hard time trying to remember. Okay, it was, you know, it was Sarah, it was Sarah, it was Sarah, you know, like mm -hmm. trying to remember the name so that I show the person respect and use their name. Mm -hmm. um, then I'm also trying to remember that too. <laughs> and so when people are not as understanding mm -hmm. of some mistakes that we might make, it's like, I'm trying so hard. Give me a break. Come on. Man. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So, how was, um, as far as an entertainment and mainstream, how was it during COVID? Uh, what exactly did did you do? What were like the protocols and yeah. what did you go through? Because I know you had to take quite a long break for a yeah. while because we were writing yeah. each other. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think like the whole world or at least let's say the whole United States, everything really stopped mm -hmm. um, come March 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, industry wise, um, I would say that every everything was stopped from about March until I, I'm guesstimating at this point because it's been a while. But I'd say maybe like by fall, mm -hmm. some things were able to. Um, get up and going um you know i would say from my perspective at least i think the biggest uh, the biggest thing that determined when you could get back up and not was money because if yeah. you were if, <laughs> if you're a big you know big budget motion picture then you have a lot of money so you can say okay let's divert funds from here to there to now hire covid people to do mm -hmm. the testing mm -hmm. or you can start doing things like like, you know, because you have more money available, so you can start saying things like, okay, let's put people in hotels and let's quarantine them in the city, fly mm -hmm. them all. You can pay to fly them all there. You can pay to put them in to hotel rooms and stuff like that. So I think that's why you saw like a lot of big budget mainstream TV shows and movies come back first. Mm -hmm. um, but for reality, it took a while because we don't have that same huge amount of funds available mm -hmm. to do those same things. Mm -hmm. And also, depending on the reality show, like, you know, a lot of reality shows, it, the people are still living somewhat real lives mm -hmm. depending on who they are so you can't just tell people like okay we're gonna even if you had the money to you can't expect <laughs> we're gonna quarantine you all in this hotel so, yeah. like, so they can finish season because <laughs> some of them have kids yeah and those kids go to school or during covid those kids are at home and yeah. you know so that i think was um was the big was the big marker was how much money do you have because the money just opens up so much more possibilities to, to what you can do in a situation like that mm -hmm. i will say that i felt really comfortable going back to work because um, every production that I worked on, because um, again, I was at home just like everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. I had no idea how this was going to be. Yeah. And then I think like the first two shows that I got hired to come back on, you know, they were, they were like, okay, go get a COVID test. We need proof that it's negative mm -hmm. before we fly you out and stuff like that. So that made sense. But I didn't know what it would be like once I got to where we were filming. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was cool. One show that I did, you were tested every other day. The whole crew, the cast, everybody was, mm -hmm. was, was COVID tested every other day. Another show, it was once a week. So it was the two days. So we have two days off. And on the first day of the two days off, we got tested so that they had time to get the test results before we filmed. So okay. our, our work week started on Wednesday and it was just something like every Monday we would get tested and mm -hmm. we would all know by Wednesday that everyone was 
And that all like adds into like the budget of things, which is really, I mean, yeah, yeah on your end, I'm, I'm sure it's the same in, in porn. I mean, we all now have to COVID test yeah. and depending on where you go, there's different places. Uh, the prices are all different, all different. but it adds up yeah. and that's more things that the companies have to pay for. Yeah, and so. and we don't have the luxury a lot of times of being able to just be like, go get tested and send us results. So <laughs> yeah. a lot, like every, sh uh, a smaller show that I did, um, they had, they just, they basically just contracted like one lab and mm -hmm. we were in North Carolina at the time and mm -hmm. one lab in North Carolina did all the COVID testing for us. And so we had people who did the test and then that lab got, got it and, or, and I think even some stuff got shipped off to Irvine, California, mm -hmm. but it was all organized through one because it, it wasn't a thing of like letting people go wherever they want. So it was, we all had to come to the office between 10 and noon yeah. on our day off, mm -hmm. get that COVID test, enjoy our two days off, and then we'd have our results back by Wednesday. Um, but another show that I did, the one I was saying about the, the the dating show for Netflix, they had a full COVID staff. Oh, wow. Full, so we, so every time? So we, and this was the one where was doing it every other day, mm -hmm. and we just literally showed up to work, and on those days, you'd walk, you'd take the elevator up to where the offices were, <laughs> and someone would greet you, they would scan your forehead for temperature, and then you'd walk straight into a line to get tested. But they had- They had the rapid test? They had the rapid test, mm -hmm. they had um, they, had, they, they had them all. Because some people mm -hmm. would like, maybe go away for a few days, like someone's like, oh, I need three days off you know, to go to a wedding. Mm -hmm. When that person would come back, they'd have to do a different kind of test to, you know, probably a rapid one to get it done faster. But when you're testing people every other day, they don't have to be rapid because you still have this window of mm -hmm. hopefully catching it in time. Yeah, exactly. I think now everybody's to the point where, I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but where it's just like, you know, fuck it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got it. I yeah. also got vaccinated. Yeah. Like, I mean, I will say protect the children and the elderly people, yeah, sure. but um, yeah. Yeah, so, I got it and it was horrible really i was just like really sick for like two yeah i think it was like 48 hours and then i was testing positive for like 32 days yeah. which was so frustrating yes. because i lost out on so much work yeah. i lost the whole contract because yeah. of exactly that oh sucks yeah. i i'm wondering though when you went back, do you have like a list of the shows and like there's certain shows that basically get pri priority first to be able to come back, like going by like numbers uh, and stuff like that? Yeah, so it's a little, I think one thing that people don't understand is that a, the majority of us are independent contractors. So mm -hmm. you can be with a show for two seasons and then there's no guarantee that that show will, Continue. It, it will invite you back. Oh, okay. Even, and so, and I've been on both sides of that. So, yeah. um, like there was a show that I filmed in Mississippi that had already filmed season one and season two. Mm -hmm. And then I came into the show season three and I filmed it season three till it ended. Okay. Um, so like I was someone who was fortunate enough that they asked to come back, you know, year after year. But also on the flip side of that, being an independent contractor is great too, because I've also done shows where I was like, this boss sucks. <laughs> and so it's great because you're not tied down. Okay, so do you do you have to just finish that one season and then it's like yeah, okay. you should. I mean, if if, yeah. if something's really really bad, you can, you know, you can always quit. You can yeah. say you know this isn't working out. But obviously, professional wise, you don't want to do You're that. You're like I'll just finish often. the season and suck it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that happens. But then you do that and then you're able to just um, 
uh, move on to another show. And if yeah. they do, and if they were to call you back or something, then you can just say, "Oh, like sorry, I'm already booked on something else. I, I can't do the next season." <laughs> sorry, um, I'm busy. I'm so in demand that yeah. uh, I've already been. Booked I'm a for gold three star gay. Party. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> how did that make you feel? If um, you know they they have you and they they don't invite you back. Does that, I mean, did you get used to that? Cause it happened a few times or is it something that it's just not that often and it's like. Yeah, I, uh, in all honesty, mm -hmm. I have dealt pretty well with it, but I think because prior to, prior to working in the industry uh, as a producer, mm -hmm. I, I grew up acting, singing and dancing. And so I, I, I'm very accustomed to auditioning for something mm -hmm. and then not getting it. Did you go to acting school? I did. Well, I no, but I studied acting privately, oh, okay. voice lessons, like all those dance classes, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, um, theater specifically, musical theater was a, it still is. A now I'm gonna make you do a dance for me before you leave. <laughs> Tap dance on with my your house. with your suitcase. <laughs> well, suitcase yeah, of ten <laughs> outfits. Um, but yeah, so for me, I uh, being rejected <laughs> is not was not new to me. That's that's the life of anybody who's auditioning. So I feel like in a way we can relate on that aspect of things because obviously there's companies, you know, I've worked for and I worked for them one time and then like never again. At first it's like, Ooh, yeah. stings a little bit, but then it's like you have to detach yourself emotionally yeah. and realize like it's business. It's not personal yeah. and keep it moving. So I taught at a high school for performing arts and mm -hmm. I taught a class about auditioning mm -hmm. and this is true. And I would say to the students, I would say, you know, at least when it comes to like um, for singers and dancers and actors and stuff mm -hmm. like that, I would tell the kids, I would say, you know, you have to understand too, that it's kind of in stages also. And I don't know if it's the same in your industry, but um, you know, like they're the people who are working. So let's say if you're a dancer, they're the people who are, you know, at that time, they're the ones that are booking the Britney Spears and the Christina Aguilera in, you know, music videos and tours, right? Mm -hmm. And so when Britney has a new video, of course the choreographers and Britney's team, they're gonna be most interested in those people that they just worked with and stuff like that, right? Yes. So when you're auditioning, you can't always be like, oh, I didn't book that, I'm, I suck, I'm bad, I'm, I'm angry, right? Because mm -hmm. you have to understand that, no, like you could have been awesome, but they may just go with the people who they've worked with. They're familiar with. But you yeah. keep trying because then eventually this person will move on to something else and then there's an opening. And also, just keep showing face, yes. showing face, yes. showing because that's something that actually did work for me. There was one company that I really wanted to work for and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep showing up to all of these work events, yeah. you know, the conventions and award shows and eventually they'll, they'll hire me. And they did, and they have several times now, but it was because of that. Yeah. Just keep coming back. I also, have you, um, maybe you do this if, when you're doing your own content, but like, have you gotten to a place in your career also where you're now the person doing the casting and doing the picking? Um, It's funny you say that. So I've been in um, contact with the company Nextdoor Studios, okay. which is an amazing gay website. Check it out. Um, if you're interested, <laughs> but, um, I've been in contact with them because I am going to start directing gay porn. Nice. So yes, nice. I've always wanted to, so I'm super stoked. Um, but I got, I got the opportunity to, you know, put in who I want to pick for that. And then also coming up, I'm going to be shooting a, um, girl, girl Gonzo movie. Yeah. So it's going to be four scenes for anyone who doesn't know. Gonzo is just all sex. There's no storyline. So, um, it's pretty crazy and fun and 
sexy and nasty, but I'm definitely going to be able to pick who I want for that because I'm going to be directing and whatever. But so as you, I wish I always got to pick. Well, but here's the thing: the reason why I ask is because as you do more and more of that, mm-hmm. it will totally relax and help you better understand all the emotions and feelings that you had when you were auditioning, mm-hmm. because then you start to see what they're going through. And mm-hmm. for me, um, I knew quickly, I knew early on that I wanted to direct and choreograph. Mm-hmm. So even when I was in college and stuff like that, I started even less auditioning and more, if there was a production being put on, rather than auditioning for it, I would contact the director and choreographer and say, you know, do you need, would you like an assistant? I'll, mm-hmm. work, I'll work for cheap, but I really like to be the assistant director or assistant choreographer or both because mm-hmm. that, that's the path I want to move on. And the very first time that I ever was behind the casting table, I went, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. because there's so much going on and it is someone's project it is someone's overwhelming <laughs> overwhelming but when you're auditioning you're just like how why did they pick him and yeah. not pick me like yeah i really even if even if from those humble viewpoint you feel like i feel like i i got bigger laughs when i did that same scene mm-hmm. but they picked him and you start you know and you go through everything like well screw those people yeah or, or you're down <laughs> on yourself right there's all these there's this range of emotions you know yeah but then when you start casting stuff mm-hmm then you understand, oh, it was never about me. Mm-mm. It was about this production. And it's what, about and what's, what's right for this particular exactly, production. Exactly, that specific production. And then also algorithms. I don't know if you guys go by algorithms and mainstream, but we definitely do of algorithms of like girls or guys or they, them, um, that are popular and their numbers are high and all of that stuff. All of these um, big companies search into that and that's who they'll make, they'll create these lists and they'll give the list to the production team. And then either the production manager or the director or whatever will hire off that list yeah. and they can't go off that list. Yeah. yeah. And it has nothing to do with, if you're not on the list it has nothing to do with how great you may be or anything yeah, like that, but nothing it's, at all. Yeah. It's, it's literally just, Going by numbers of things yeah. and streaming is changing that um, for mainstream because mm-hmm. you know you know when it was just when shows were just on television you know there were ratings and stuff like that but mm-hmm. with streaming mm-hmm. they can tell you down to like it's at this minute mm-hmm. that people s- switched over and watched something else or press pause and they never come back and then you know they use that data to then make decisions you know so mm-hmm. uh, probably this is more something on or scripted shows, but you know, if something like that comes up, then they can say, hey, stop having the character do blank because every time the character do blank, that's, we're seeing that's when people turn it off. Yeah. And that's crazy to. That'd be crazy to have that job, to have to like go through all that. Yeah, yeah. I, wonder, I feel like my head would hurt. Yeah, I wonder but, if robots are doing it now. Uh, like, soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Have you seen those little robots that drive on the sidewalks and deliver things to yeah, people? I, I actually saw one in, in real oh, life, like in person. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It scared me. I seen one in New York and I was like, what the fuck? Okay, that doesn't scare you. Have you seen the ones that look like I don't know, like maybe like cheetah, so it's like four legs, and the ones <gasps> that are like humans, and now they can like the human one, they can oh. have it do like full gymnastics routines and stuff. You're kidding. Have you not seen this? You're kidding. I will I will will you two will you okay, it because- up, but Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they have like like so it's a full on robot. What? And so they have like, you know, stage one was like, okay, you know, program the robot to jump so the robot would be able to jump onto something. Yeah. But then like one of the last ones I saw was that the robot can full on be like round off back handspring. Oh. 
Oh my God. Like that, yeah. What the? That's what scares me. That robot's me. more talented than me. Seriously. Oh, it's going to steal my job. Yeah. <laughs> that, that robot's never going to have knee injuries. <laughs> right? <laughs> what, so what kind of dancing was your favorite? Like, did you only do one category or? No, I kind of did it all. Okay. Um, did you do ballet? I did. Oh, I, I always did. wanted to do ballet. You, you still can. I still we'll go, can. We'll go together. Yeah. We'll go together. I'm, I mean, I have no idea what I'm doing and everybody would be like, what? the fuck because they all be probably really good i taught dance also so yeah. what we can do is i can teach you like some basics before yeah. we ever go into a class and then when you go in the class you'll i think i want to start crossfit first though i want to do crossfit with my friend zahar because i need to get my cardio better and also i just need to get like more flexible again i'm not as flexible as i was but when you do crossfit aren't you like not allowed to do anything else i'll never see you again your, no. whole, your whole life will become crossfit no i'm i wouldn't be like that i don't i don't that's understand what why every people crossfit person yeah says, no no though. i swear i i i'm way too social like i would not be able to just be like crossfit is life yeah and then drink water eat crossfit yeah Drink water, eat, sleep, yeah. CrossFit. Like, no, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> One of the shows that I do is American Ninja Warrior, but the kids version. Oh, it's probably the it's, it's probably the best show I've ever done. Yeah, for like for my heart and my mind, because it's is it's that so the awesome. one they do the obstacles and yeah. is it? It's yeah. kind of like Wipeout, right? A little bit like that, yeah. Okay, yeah, similar, similar kind of concepts, yeah. And uh, so, not only do I. Um, not only am I here in Los Angeles when the kids come into the races and we film that, but then mm -hmm. also I go around the U.S. and I film some of them at home. And, oh, okay. And I filmed this one. She was like the junior um, female CrossFit champion. And so like, we oh, wow. like, but she was like in high school. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, muscle ups and like <laughs> doing de crazy. Dead yeah. like that. And I'm just like standing behind the camera going. <laughs> You're like, like, can you teach me? Like, just, I just want to yeah. leave. Yeah. Like, can you like, there was no hope. Like, there was no hope. I was just like, I just gotta go. Um, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But I, yeah, <laughs> but it's really cool, like, but talking about CrossFit, but it was like uh, that in, in the ninja stuff, that was kind of her life and stuff like that. But it was cool to see her, like, have this thing that she likes so much that she devoted all that time to it that, like, sometimes I might look at it and be like, that's crazy. But then she's, like, the junior world champion at the time or that's U.S. Amazing. champion or something like that. So it's, like, good for her. Like, I'm not a junior champion of anything. Do you, girl. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Especially when you're doing it on that level, I guess. Yeah. So how long have you worked in entertainment, like, a total uh uh, entertainment my whole life. So when I was like five, wow, um, I had an agent through my mom. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so did you do like kid modeling? Per yeah, se? like commercials and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What yeah. commercials did you do? Um, do you remember? My, no, my mom said I did a diaper commercial for sure. <laughs> I also did like a lot of work. So my mom was a school teacher, but mm -hmm. um, she always was like, well, we live in Los Angeles. And this is like very <laughs> something that my, my mom would say her attitude. But <laughs> she, she was like, she was like, it, acting can't be hard. So I'm just, I'm just going to sign up for acting because she was a single mom. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that'll just be extra money. And her mind, her mindset was like, it can't be that hard. Mm -hmm. um, and so she did. And so, but also my mom was weird because she also had this thing like, like I was her responsibility. Mm -hmm. So like, it wasn't like babysitters weren't really an option. Yeah. So she literally would book a gig and be like, well, I'm bringing my son. <sighs> So, but he's quiet. Like if he has he'll to, stay there. he'll stay like in the green room or something like that. Or, or just, he can just be in the scene. I've seen porn stars do that with their dogs on set. Like he'll, he'll stay in, in the bag. He won't move. They're like, okay. And then like the sex scene starts, you look over the dogs, like 
<laughs> popping his head out of the bag. Not not a peep, oh but it's so funny. Yeah, I, yeah, but I I would think same thing too. But like then you're probably just like, or at least whoever's doing sound that day is probably like, if this don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was one time when I was on set and someone brought their dog, and it was like running around you can hear the yeah the nails yeah, yeah. and then like it was whining um and it's like hey we're trying to get this really important dialogue yeah can you just yeah. go take your dog to doggy daycare yeah. or something yeah anything like it, and also it doesn't match up like even if it's not dialogue I, I would think even if it's sex like you can't just have like the sound sometime and the sound not sometimes you know like when you're trying to create the i know there's mm -hmm. editing involved but when you're trying to create yeah. the image that this is all continuous that can throw it off yeah yo some people are Dude, their, their I, was, I was just about to say I have so I mean I have respect for literally everyone, everyone yes but the people who do sound especially ones that hold up the boom the yeah. whole time I'm like kudos to you yeah. guys because that's that's yeah. hard work yeah and also I don't know I mean obviously it's probably way better mainstream but in um my industry for the sound they have uh it's like this device that you put onto the mic and it kind of like cancels out some of the background noise. So like okay. planes and cars yeah. or motorcycles, whatever yeah. it makes it to where it's, you can hardly hear it. So that helps with the editing, I guess. But, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard though. Like, yeah. especially if you're shooting like downtown, it's like, okay, cut, there's a cop car Yeah. cut. There's a homeless person outside yeah. playing music loud in their tent. Yeah. And yeah, and, and cut. There's people fighting on the corner. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's, and same thing too. Like sometimes we do these things where like we'll interview someone right after something. If something really big happens, we'll sometimes pull someone aside mm -hmm. and interview them mm -hmm. um, right there on the spot. And that happens all the time because you didn't plan on it, so you didn't like scout the location. You didn't plan for a quiet spot or like that. So you're trying to do it, and you have the person who like. I don't know if it's something emotional they're, they're crying and stuff like that mm -hmm. you want to talk to them while it's all fresh in their head but then the poor sound guy who's only doing his <laughs> job and his job is super important yeah but he'll be like no 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 like i think we got to find another place and yeah you, and you're like she's gonna forget that she was slapped if we don't yeah. move in like 10 minutes yeah. but you know like he or she needs that time to make mm -hmm. it you know i think sometimes when i've seen people be upset with um like sound um sound mixers and and stuff like that i think what they really don't understand is that it will be 10 times worse without if them. You, if you <laughs> film a whole scene or a whole interview, mm -hmm. send it off to the West Coast for editing. And they didn't speed sound. And, or they or they say, we can't use any of it because of the noise. Mm -hmm. That will be 10 times worse because mm -hmm. then also now you look like an idiot. So I'm always like, if my yeah. sound person's like, I need more time, I'm like, I'm like, please work fast. But yeah. But do it because do you guys always have a deadline on locations and stuff like that for the most part because like a hard out yeah well depending on the place obviously yeah but, um a lot of times time is money as you know mm -hmm. and so when you're booking these places a lot of times th there's so many different factors so let's say it's yeah a, let's say it's a restaurant yeah it's hard too because you want maybe you want there to be stuff in the background yeah but filming at their busiest times is a nightmare oh yeah but then so then sometimes the restaurant will be like okay why don't you come in at 10 we can give you 10 o'clock in the morning until noon because we're not open yet and so there's benefits to that but then you have also, to get extras but or or also you're just asking people who 
who you had planned for like, hey, do you want to have dinner with so-and-so and talk about the fight? And they're like, yeah. And then now you're like, okay, well, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, but still pretend like it's dinner. We're going to bring out steak. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not exactly how you want things to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Movie like, magic. Like, you guys don't even understand the things we have to do. It's so crazy. And, and you do it, and then mm -hmm. there's always more stuff that you didn't know. Seriously. I think that's one thing that really intrigues me, though, about working in entertainment in general. It's it's constantly evolving and I'm always learning something new and I am literally obsessed with learning new things. Um, I always want to improve on anything I can do, especially when it comes to my career. But uh, yeah. I love it. One I love the, learning. I'm like, teach me. Yeah. One of the best days I've ever had on set was... Um, we had an extra camera and an extra camera operator just by the way that the schedule worked out. Mm -hmm. And so it was cool because the two people who were supposed to film the scene, they were able to take breaks because I could say, okay, camera one, take a break because this extra person will fill in for you, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, I had filmed, I had, I had formed, excuse me, a pretty good relationship with the two camera people who were working mm -hmm. on that show with me and on that scene. And so um, I said to them, at one point they were both filming the third camera was just doing nothing. And I was like, hey, could I like <laughs> pick it up and like see what it's like yeah and they were like <gasps> they're like a producer who actually cares about what it's like for us they were like yeah you can and it was the was coolest. It, heavy? it was first of all it was so freaking heavy yeah and so uh, much respect for them when they put it on their shoulders i think it was like, like i think it was at least 40 pounds at least 40 crazy. pounds that reminds me of the story i'll tell you this again but you know what was crazy is like but you learn stuff and like i, I didn't realize mm -hmm. that they're looking through a viewfinder and my gut was to close this eye and look through this one, but they keep this eye open also. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't, until I actually put that on uh -huh. and they started teaching me things, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. That causes <laughs> so much like muscle control and mental control yes. to do that. Yes. So you really do start to learn things about the people you're working with. And yes. you know, I think we're similar like that where we like to learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's cool. Like that's where that came from. It's like, I want to know what that's like. Seriously. You know, let, me, let me put that on and, and stuff like that. Um, I was going to tell you really quick. Um, there's an amazing camera operator named Letty, who I love working with. And mm -hmm. she is probably like, maybe like five, six and like 110 pounds. And you know, right. she's, but then every day she's got this 40 pound camera on her shoulder for probably eight hours. What's her name, Lenny? Letty. Letty? Yeah. Oh, and way this, to go, Letty. Yeah, and check this out. So this one day we were all, we were filming inside this building. Mm -hmm. And then on the walkie, someone just walkies and goes, oh my God, there's a truck out here on fire and it belongs to so-and-so basically telling all of us that this truck caught on fire and it belonged to some of the people that we are filming. Oh. So we had to let that person know like, hey, your 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 truck is on fire outside, oh. but then also we wanted to film it. Cause this is gonna be like, like, <laughs> like, like, what, like what's going on, you know? <laughs> Letty goes, grabs her camera, throws it on her shoulder. And Runs by, out the to time, the fire. by the time I look, I couldn't even see her because she was running. And so then I'm like, I, I'm trying to, I'm now running and the sound guy is running. And like, we're like two guys trying to catch up and she's, and I'm carrying nothing. It's like a real life catastrophe. Yeah, like, yeah. let me get there. And I'm carrying nothing. And I'm just looking at her and like my respect level, like even rose. Cause mm -hmm. I'm like, here's like, like it was nothing. Just grab this 40 pound yeah. camera. She's already filming. She's yeah. already, she's running with it on because she knows that whatever, she happens upon when she turns the yeah. corner, she wants to be able to capture it. So she's like going with this heavy thing on her shoulder. And I'm like, 
just running with like me and a pencil. You know what I mean? Like producer style. Like. You you have like the cord and you're like, oh. <laughs> Seriously. Like my walkie, my walkie was the heaviest thing on me. And I'm like, <gasps> when I get there. You're like walking. Yeah, like, seriously. Like, Letty, did you get it? How's it look? Like I'm taking a break yeah. halfway there. I'll be there in like I don't know, five minutes. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, just asking a PA, water, bring me water. So did the truck burn down completely? It totally did. And so this was, wow. this was a dance competition show and it was um and it was crazy because this dance team had rented this truck and filled it up with all their props that they were using to for their performance were the props in the burning bin? yeah so so was the, it the uh, coach, arson no so the truck was just it was um uh this is how do i say this um these are teams of low means low income okay. and low means got it so it's okay. very much everybody is doing the best they can to make this work gotcha. which is so beautiful right mm -hmm. and so they were not able to you know go rent like a nice u-haul gotcha like maybe we would so this mm -hmm. was like it was very much a situation of like i know somebody who we're gonna somebody work who's with got a what truck, we got right yeah. and so it was like this you know kind of older beat up truck mm -hmm. and um you know, but the fire department came and basically there was something with a wire that sparked something. And Oh gosh. Yeah. But it was crazy because then we, we, as observers and as the crew, we filmed, you know, this coach mm -hmm. happening upon all her props that she was going to use today, having to tell all of the dancers, like having to pivot, like, what do we do in this situation? We don't have our props, you know, it's so like that. What are we still going to perform? Are we, are we backing out of this and just what filming them, go through that whole thought process and mm -hmm. and and everything that was actually kind of seen again props to people like letty who are faster than me so they right? get there <laughs> to, to capture it all you're so strong letty <laughs> <laughs> you're like i'm sorry <laughs> i need some water yeah, seriously yeah <laughs> give me a cold rag too <laughs> yeah exactly and a chair <laughs> can someone fan me yeah <laughs> just bring a huge leaf over exactly yeah Oh, I'll take a pina colada too. Imagine? Just like, just someone feeding me grapes. <laughs> As this truck burns. You're just sitting there with your feet up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the truck's just. Just, yeah. Dreams, dreams are being like destroyed. Yeah. And I'm just. Everyone's chilling. like, where's Nick? Um, In his hammock. Uh, yeah, he's over there. <laughs> he created his own little beach world. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my God. So. Don't put it past me. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you like to do in your free time when you're not working? Um, or what, like, are, what I are some say things like, you're passionate about? Um, I, big picture stuff, I love to travel. That's probably like one of the mm, biggest things. Me too. Um, like big picture, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, and for me that can be from small to big. It can be like in a car going to Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. um, or it can be like, you know, flying to London. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, so, London's my favorite. Really, Paris mm -hmm. is my favorite city so far. Really, I love London a lot. I just, uh, and no offense to everyone watching from London, listening from London, but uh, <laughs> the UK is great. But it feels, in some ways, so familiar mm. that at times I'm like, wait a second, why is this double the price? When oh yeah, like do you know what I mean? I'm like, it said it said three, three you know, three, it's three pounds, three pounds ninety five, and I'm like, oh, at home it's three ninety five, so you feel like it's the same, and it's all in English, and everyone's speaking to you in English, so yeah. you're like, this should all be the same, and then you're like, you get your credit card bill next month, and you're all what? You're like, um, yeah. okay, yeah. I bought dinner and it was five hundred dollars for myself. For yourself, yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like London, I love you, but you don't get to be that expensive. Mm, yeah, yeah, I get it, and Paris is the city of love. It is, yeah. Yeah, I really, I really like Paris. I've been about 10 times now. Yeah? Yeah. 
I, but I used to live in Europe, so it was easier then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah, yeah one, uh, I don't know if you ever do this, but I go into like these Google holes, I call them, where I'm just like Googling a million different things. And half of the time it's shit that I'm, I don't even know like why I got there. <laughs> and one day I was doing, um, <laughs> I was researching houses in London and I'm like looking at all these houses and I'm doing like virtual tours, like I'm gonna buy the yeah. place. Isn't <laughs> like, it amazing though? It, it's amazing, but then I see the price and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll look at this one and it's even more expensive. Like I do a version of that specifically with traveling where like if I get in my head like it would be cool to go to this place mm -hmm. that I haven't been to yet, I will full on research it and make <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I'll make a, and I'm, and I'm telling this publicly, um, I'll, I'll make a Google Doc uh -huh. and I'll be like, all right, possible trip to blank. And then I'll put like an image of the place mm -hmm. and then I'll be like, this is the airport we would fly into. This is how much like. I love that. So I do all stuff like that. And then I send it to my best friend, Shelly. And I yeah. go, Shelly, if we ever want to go here, I've already done the work. Like it's yeah, all, I it's love already that. done. So I have like 10 of those. You're pinpointing like, all of the important yeah. like things you've seen like about it yeah. or to do. Yeah. So in my phone, I have two different lists. I have a list of places I want to go here in the U.S. Nice. And then I have a list of places that I want to go that are out of the country. But kind of the same thing. There's a few of them where it's like, I've you know those things that pop up on Instagram? It's like ads and it shows like these exotic places. And yes. I, I just follow all of those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> but then I'll click on it and it will show like what resort it is in New Zealand yeah. or uh, all these different things. And I'll like copy it and paste it in my yeah. thing. So I kind of do yeah. the same thing. I follow a lot of the resorts. Yeah. So I follow like all these different resorts around the world because you know, they're always trying to advertise all the great mm -hmm. stuff they have. And so, you know, they'll be like, look at the view from your like cabana and stuff like that. So it keeps these places um, like fresh in my memory. Yeah. What's on your um, top list of places in the US then? Like what's like maybe number one and number two on your places in the US that you haven't, that you want to see in places international? I would have to look on my phone to tell you because I don't know by heart. Okay. Because maybe we can go together. Like if I haven't been. I love. I literally love traveling. Road trip. Um. Okay. So the top two that I have are uh, Silver Falls State Park, which is near Salem, okay. Oregon, and then um, I really want to go to Graceland. Ooh. I like Elvis. Nice. I've been um, to Memphis, but I didn't get to go to Graceland. Um, and then out of the U.S., I have uh, Bora Bora, French Polynesia, and the Mykonos, Mykonos, Mykonos? Greece. Mykonos, Mykonos, yeah. Mykonos, yeah. Greece, yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have uh, quite the list, but yeah. The Four Seasons Bora Bora is one of the accounts. That really? That's how I follow like, the resorts. I literally follow that Maybe resort. Maybe I'll hit them up and be like, hey, could, <laughs> could we get some like deal here yeah. no sponsor the pod yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> look at you already trying to get me some sponsors yeah i never you guys even all, knew she has to take me on the trip yeah. everyone heard it here first yes i will yeah. i actually need a travel buddy because i go by myself a lot a lot a lot but it's kind of soothing sometimes to do things by yourself um i started just taking friends with me mm -hmm. because um to be honest, mostly because of my schedule. So they'll be like, oh, I have a break mm -hmm. in my filming schedule, and this is the only break. So if I want to go to New York, um, I completely understand that, like, it was normal for me, like, 
you know, call a friend or two, like, hey, do, like, do you want to go to New York for this weekend? Da, da. And it's very understandable that they would be like, oh, you know what? Like, I can't afford that right now, man. Yes, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. So I started going, for me at least, it was like, okay, I'm working, I'm making pretty good money. Mm -hmm. And since I'm single, if I was dating, I probably would be, you know, paying for myself and someone else, you mm -hmm. know? So I just kind of used the mentality and I started switching out and be calling friends and go like, hey, I'm going to buy the ticket. I already have the hotel room booked. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go? You know, and if it's New York, it's like, yeah, I'll even get the tickets to like whatever show we're seeing and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Well, that's and really just nice taking, of you. To, even though they're friends, it's nothing romantic, but just taking them. Yeah. With me. Because lots you're of times, like, um, I'm kidnapping you. So, yeah. Basically. Or yeah. adult napping adult you. Adult napping yeah. you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still a felony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you never know. Is it, what is that called? Is that called kidnapping? If I, if I take you... I didn't kidnap you. I, I think it's just called either abduction or oh, yeah, yeah. um or adult napping. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I just we like, should start calling it that. Yeah. I'm gonna adult nap you. <laughs> well, if you could, um, I would love for you to share to anyone anything that you want to promo that you have coming up that you've filmed, um, your social media. Anything like that that you would like to share with everyone? Oh, that's nice. Um, I would say promo-wise, um, I do have a show called Ultimatum that's coming out on Netflix, so you can look for that. But, I mean, this sounds kind of cheesy, but in all honesty, like, if people just keep watching and enjoying television in general, mm -hmm. that's probably the best thing that I can ask for since that's the medium that I work in the most now. I love you that. Know? That's not cheesy. Yeah, because – and there's so much – and because we do different things. One day you're on a comedy, one day you're on this, you know, one day it's dog training, you know, yeah. it's, it's all over the place. So if, if people just, um, I love television, mm -hmm. I always have. Yeah. And so for me, it's something that I love. And I, you're I, passionate I, about yeah, it. And I like yeah. to watch it all. I love that. People will be like, oh, this show sucks and I'll still watch it. You know? <laughs> um, but a lot of times just to understand, okay, why did it suck? Yeah, exactly. Right? Because exactly. that way I won't make that same mistakes, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so if people keep watching television in general and, and giving it a chance and enjoying and enjoying it, that's probably the best thing. That's really great. I like that. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And on socials, um, I'm Where's Nick J on Instagram, so you can look for me there. Okay. Yeah. Just the letter J. Just the letter J. Where's Nick J? Where's Nick J? It's like Where's Waldo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should have worn stripes. I know, right? <laughs> Maybe it's in your suitcase with yeah, your ten my outfits. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you. This was, you took my and virginity. I adore you. Yeah, I know. How? What are we gonna call that I podcast am, virginity? I'm a. I'm a. Mm. I'm a gold star podcast yeah. podcast guest now. Yeah. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And I will see you next time.